Welcome to Sermons from San Diego, a podcast of preaching at Mission Hills United Church of Christ. I'm the Reverend Dr. David Barr, but please just call me David. I invite you to listen and come along as we try to follow the teachings of Jesus and the wisdom of Scripture to build a world that is open, inclusive, just, and compassionate. And now for this week's sermon as we continue on the life of Peter. Who are you? Who are you? It's not as easy a question to answer as you might think, is it? Most of the time we are really asking one another, what do you do for a living? And we tell how we make money to pay for a place to live or food to eat and to provide for our families. I usually answer the question, who am I, with, I'm a pastor. That is, unless I'm on, a pa- on an airplane or and I want some downtime or at a party and I don't want to spend the rest of the evening debating some religious question. But when I decide I will, after I answer, I wait. Because unless I'm in some sort of church setting, there's almost always a reaction of some sort, an instant judgment. Oh, how nice. Or a kind of questioning reaction. And if I sense fear rising, I quickly jump in, oh, but not that kind. Lawyers and IRS agents and maybe a few other professionals might understand this. But, you know, in this changing culture, when people hear that I'm a pastor, increasingly they ask, what does that mean? Of course, I also hear a lot. What do you actually do for more than one hour a week? Well, I just reassure them that I go to a lot of meetings. Who are you? Can you finish the sentence, I am a person who... Try this sometime today or later this week. I am a person who... I took some time this week to answer that question. I am a person who needs to see the ocean at least once a week, or I start to feel something's off in my soul. I am a person who enjoys seeing what, sharing what I see on the other side of my camera lens. I am a person who struggles and feels shame about my weight. I am a person who marvels at my husband's willingness to follow me and pick up and move to a new city twice. I am a person who tries to listen and often fails. Or I try to be understanding while at the same time finding it difficult not to be exasperated by some people I just can't understand. I am a person who... Or how would you answer, people say that I am? Sometimes that's frustrating because people may judge you or your intentions, maybe even question your competence. And maybe they just don't understand how many things you're trying to juggle in life right now just to stay sane. And so they'll say you're impatient or that you don't have enough time for them. Or maybe you hear people saying, she's great to work with. He really goes above and beyond. They are so patient. How can they be so patient? Oh, but if only you knew... Jesus asked his disciples, who do people say that I am? Who do people say the human one or the more familiar, the son of man is? And he hears, some say you are a truth teller and a life changer, like John. 
Some say you're a, a visionary like Elijah, or one who both condemns the lack of justice for widows, orphans, and strangers, and yet gives hope like Jeremiah and prophets do. And they're all good answers. But Peter, who do you say that I am? You know, was that an easy question for Peter to answer, or was it really hard? Was he put on the spot at that moment and expected to answer what must have surely been still a mystery? Who is this guy for whom I gave up my job in order to make money for my family, for some vague promise about fishing for people? Did Peter impulsively blurt out his answer? My money's on that. Or did he thoughtfully consider and reply, you know, it's making sense. You're the Christ. You're the Messiah we have long waited for. And Jesus confirmed, this is true. And then he ordered all who were standing around listening, glad that Jesus put Peter on the spot and not them, don't tell anyone. And in between this confirmation that Peter is right, and telling everyone to keep quiet about it, are some very confusing declarations about Peter being a rock upon which his church will be built. There's something about gates and keys, and then this weird phrase about fastening and loosening. And the likelihood that Jesus actually said such a thing is less than minuscule, because Jesus wasn't out there building a church. He wasn't starting a new religion. He was gathering a community of followers, yes, but church? That wasn't a word used until later. When Matthew wrote his gospel, he was looking back to explain Peter's early role in the church, to answer, why him? But Peter was dead when Matthew wrote this. He was crucified on an upside-down cross in the year 64, and then Matthew was written about 20 to 25 years later. But enough about that. So, Jesus asked the disciples, who do people say that I am? And then he asked Peter, who do you say that I am? And again, he replied that Jesus was the Messiah, and Jesus told Peter he's right. And then, immediately, I mean like two minutes later, Peter got it completely wrong. I mean so wrong that Jesus called him Satan. Here's what happened. So all of this has been going on, and then Jesus made it clear to his disciples that it was now necessary for him to go to Jerusalem and to submit to an ordeal of suffering at the hands of the religious experts, the elders, chief priests, and legal experts, that he had to be killed and then be raised up alive on the third day. Peter took hold of him and began scolding Jesus. He tried to correct him. God forbid, Lord, this can't happen to you. Jesus turned to Peter and said, Get behind me, Satan. You are a stone that could make me stumble, for you are not thinking God's thoughts, but human thoughts. Ouch. Peter had this soaring revelation. He climbed to the pinnacle of understanding the great mystery of who this person named Jesus really was. Jesus was a person who was able to heal people. Jesus was a person who made a violent storm calm down. Jesus was a person who needed to take a break sometimes and be alone. 
Jesus was a person who grew frustrated and at times angry at his disciples' continued inability to see what he was talking about. And did you notice Jesus had just minutes before called Peter his rock? And now he calls Peter a stone, a stumbling stone, which a very quick demotion. But here's the problem. Peter just didn't understand what kind of Messiah Jesus really was. Frankly, not many of us do either. What do you think a Messiah is? I'll be honest, sometimes I'm uncomfortable with this Messiah language because I too get what that means wrong. But upon further examination, I'm in. Here's why. So you think about the ways we use the word in popular culture. That's really what makes me uncomfortable. We'll say, she has a Messiah complex, meaning she has a big ego. Or we'll say, he's going to be our Messiah. He will be our vengeance. He will vindicate us and crush our enemies and restore us to power. Spoken by an alarming number of American Christians right now, I just don't understand. And, and what would Jesus say about that? I mean, wouldn't it be similar to his reaction to Peter's complete misunderstanding of Jesus? I mean, yes, I am the Messiah, Jesus said, but not that kind. Specifically, not the kind who would act with any kind of retribution or so-called vindication. That is what people hoped for and wanted from a Messiah who would restore the throne of King David with violence to take up arms and throw off the yoke of Rome. That's a very understandable desire. But before Matthew wrote his gospel, it had already proven not to work. In the year 70, Rome put down, crushed, an attempted revolt. It was known as the First Jewish-Roman War, and they completely and utterly destroyed the temple. And Matthew wrote about Jesus little more than ten years later, leaving that knowledge out of the narrative, but reflecting what Jesus was trying to teach. He was a different kind of Messiah, not the kind the prosperity gospel preaches, not the kind that damns those people to hell, and definitely not one who advocates violence and retribution. What kind is he? <clears throat> Immediately after his rebuke of Peter's rebuke, Jesus gathered his disciples around and said, Hey now, listen up. All who want to come after me must say no to themselves. Take up their cross and follow me. Because all who want to save their lives will lose them, and all who want to leave all who lose their lives because of me will find them. I mean, why would people gain the whole world but lose their lives? What was it he said? Take up your cross to serve one another, not to hold it over others, and certainly not to use it as a weapon. What kind of Messiah would say such a thing? Not someone with a Messiah complex. Take up your cross to serve one another. It's not someone who promises revenge, because blessed are the people who are hopeless. 
Blessed are the people who grieve. Blessed are the people who are humble and pure in heart, peacemakers and thirst for justice. Not those who are self-righteous, but who hunger for a world in which the poor are fed. The captives are set free and the oppressed are liberated. That's the kind of Messiah who will actually save the world and the kind of Messiah I want to follow by each of us taking up our own cross, a joint effort, a partnership, something we do together, each of us embracing who we really are. Who are you, really? Not what you do for a living, but how do you finish the statement, I am a person who... I am a person who tries to follow Jesus and his teachings in order to realize heaven on earth, the kingdom of God on earth as it is in heaven, as Jesus taught, where no one race is superior, no one gender is supreme, no one way of loving is all that's permitted, and no one religion has power over all the others. The cross is not power over, it is power over with, or better yet, power on the underside, lifting people up. So take up your cross. And we will no doubt fail as often as we succeed, but Jesus will never give up on us. I mean, take heart from blessed Peter who will fail miserably. I mean, he didn't just deny Jesus three times. On the night Jesus is betrayed in the garden, when the soldiers came to take him away, Peter took a sword and cut off the ear of a Roman soldier, which Jesus then restored. That's not what my followers do. And yet still, in the end, Peter was the rock on which the church of Jesus was built. Who are you?